Give it up for your pastor, Pastor Barb, this morning. Praise God for the house of God that we all get to come to, that God has blessed her with, that we get to come to church. You know, I can remember a day when I used to think, man, I have to go to church. Hope I'm not talking to anybody this morning. Praise the Lord. Felt that a little bit there. But isn't it good to have a place to come where you have a trusting, loving place that's designed specifically for you to be loved back to life wherever you are in that trajectory. And I'm so blessed to be here this morning. Thank you, Pastor Barb, for allowing me to do this. What an awesome display this morning. Praise God. Just as I see the water still on the floor, I still see the blessing of the Lord for what you've received this morning, both as a witness and both as someone who has been baptized this morning. You know, what an incredible, incredible day. All of the new members in our church as well. It's a day to be celebrated. And um, I have a few uh, things I want to read this morning, some notes that uh, some people prepared this morning who were baptized. Uh, in Acts 19, a group of men who had been baptized by John the Baptist, a baptism of repentance, were then baptized a second time in the name of the Lord Jesus after Paul helped them understand salvation through Christ's work on the cross. Here's someone that said, hey, I'd like to get baptized again. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor Paul. No, trust me. You're, you're walking in the kingdom and you get to a certain point, and you get stepped on and hurt a few times, and you know, you get beat up a little bit, and you just got to have a reset. That's okay. Get your reset. You die to that old stuff and just rise to something new. Amen. Here's another one This water baptism is my public declaration that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I submit to his authority, following his teaching, becoming one with his identity. I accept the covering of his blood that he shed for me, making me whole and righteous as he raises me up into the newness of life in him. Praise the Lord. We are choosing to dedicate our lives to the Lord. We choose to honor and follow Jesus all the days of our lives. Our past is gone, and we are new in the Lord. Stuff's good, isn't it? Man, alive. We've got some deep writers in here. Praise God. New beginnings, break strongholds, cleanse the spirit, repent sins, healing everything with him. Thank you to everyone here. This place has saved me during my darkest moments. I can't make this stuff up, guys. I cannot make it up. This baptism means to me, means to me is the baptism of power to express God. He spoke to me and said, what I do intimately with you in secret must be done in public. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I tell you, there's nothing better than seeing people just being loved back to life, seeing that process and how it unfolds. And some of you in here think, well, oh, man, I should have got baptized too. Don't worry. We'll do it again. Praise the Lord. You'll have your opportunity. And uh, what a great, um, great week we are beginning now with Palm Sunday. Uh, I have a message this morning called, I Did This For You, Jesus. I did this for you, Jesus. Isaiah 53, 3 to 5. He was despised and rejected, 
a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yes, it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you this morning for your son Jesus. We thank you that you love the world so much that you gave your only son, that anyone who would believe in him because of what he did and what he overcame would receive eternal life. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I had this amazing uh, sermon prepared. Pastor Barb texted me yesterday confirming what we were going to talk about. I said, yeah, absolutely. We're going to be ready. Palm Sunday, man, it's going to be awesome. And it is. And I'll tell you what, I woke up this morning with conviction this morning. We're going to talk about Palm Sunday. But I also want to relate it to our everyday lives. Anybody as a Christian feel a little bit like you're being canceled right now? Huh? You just I'm just being real with you. And God began to show me that Jesus was canceled. He was canceled. Or he was attempted to be canceled. So we know that Jesus borrowed a donkey. And let me set the stage here first. As you can imagine, all the prophecies, I mean, all the fasting that occurred, the feasts and the celebrations, every single stone that was is it hewn? I couldn't think of what that word, you know, like shaped, right? So every stone of Jerusalem, every stone of the temple, I mean every curtain, every jewel, everything that was celebrated for thousands of years was all to prepare the way, It wasn't it? Prepare the way for the Messiah to come. And he is the one that we're longing for. Think of the priests that you know didn't live the good life. They had to wear these little bells on the bottoms of their, their skirts and they had to go into the Holy of Holies with a rope tied around their foot. Because they might not have gotten everything under the blood of that animal. And some of them were struck dead in the presence of God. Think of all the wars. Think of the miracles that occurred. All to reveal the coming of our Messiah. All to build us to this point. And here he comes. But I would say this, that nobody prepared a place for him. You think, no, they had the temple, they had Jerusalem, they had all of that. But it's kind of like you've been away for a long time and then you entrusted some good people to, you know, make sure things were taken, taken care of. And the people that you entrusted to take care of you became the people that rejected you, the people that forgot to turn on the lights, the people that forgot to prepare, the people who ultimately tried to cancel Jesus. Think of thousands of years of preparation for this Messiah. And the very people, the very caretakers of that temple chose a different way. You see, instead of a donkey, there should have been a beautiful horse prepared. Someone should have taken the responsibility to make sure that there was a beautiful horse that he could ride in on. 
Someone should have paved that way. It should have been planned weeks and months in, in advance. He's here. We, we receive him. He's going to come in, and when we bring him in, it's going to be the, become the biggest celebration you ever saw. Instead, he had to secure a borrowed donkey. His disciples' garments were laid on that donkey instead of a beautiful saddle that could have been handmade and shaped and readied, and I mean fit to him and the whole thing. I, I mean, everything could have been perfect. But it was a last-minute thing. Oh, here's the donkey. Oh, we better put some garments over that donkey. A great celebration of the Messiah entering the city of Jerusalem should have taken place, and it did for many of the people. And it said in the word of God was told to rebuke those. And instead of, so here's all these people waving these, these palm leaves, right? Hosanna in the highest. You know, they're welcoming Jesus into that place. But here were the Pharisees and Sadducees. Was, they were told to rebuke those who were shouting. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God in the highest. This is what they were shouting. This is what they were proclaiming. And those who were responsible wanted to cancel them as well. They actually told Jesus, you need to stop this. You need to stop right where you're at. Don't go any further. You need to correct this. What are you doing? He replied, if they didn't say this, then the rocks would cry out. <laughs> what a response. What a response. Here he is, the Messiah. And here are the people who were there to make sure that the people of God could receive him. And instead, they used weapons of words to cancel Jesus. Jesus weeps because the people of God could not recognize who he was. He wept. He wept. Could you imagine going to your, your big day and you were expecting everybody to have everything prepared for you and everything was going to be wonderful and all of a sudden you get there and everybody didn't prepare. Everybody wondered, Maybe what's the next miracle you're going to do? What's the next thing you're going to do for us? And I wonder sometimes even in the church, do we think of our Jesus that way? Has he kind of become the genie in the bottle that just says, well, well, I know you've prepared. Oh, you got to hear this. I know you prepared a place for us, but are we preparing a place for him? We cry out for revival. We cry out for God to minister to us in these supernatural ways. But are we preparing a place in our heart? Because now Jerusalem is in you. It's in your heart. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the one that's building and hewning each rock. You're the one that's receiving or denying the power of God. You're the one that's building this temple. It's yours. You're it, man. I was like, God, man, why can't I just preach the nice little, you know, wave in the... That part was short. 
The rest of the story is like he cried at his own party. He cried. And he wasn't crying because they didn't do something for him. They were crying because they didn't recognize who he was. And he saw and he began to prophesy over them, weeping. I mean, imagine Jesus weeping. Imagine your pastor weeping. We come here to Sunday service. Nobody turned the lights on. Nobody, you know, invited anybody. We just, we, we, we didn't really plan for anything. People just kind of show up. This was the scene that he walked into. Many people were, were shouting Hosanna, but I'm telling you, you yourself are shouting those things, Hosanna in the highest, thank you Jesus, hallelujah, but you're doing it in private, or you're doing it in a, in a closed setting like your church. But here is that person that needs you. Here is that circumstance that's there. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I better not say that. I better not say that that way. Today, in this day and hour, it's not time to be quiet anymore. You don't know anybody, anything but to love them. And they don't know anything back to you but to love you back. And guess what? That just might not happen. But you know what? I'm preparing a temple. I'm part of this thousand to light. I'm being loved back to life. Well, that life is going to be a life that you're building this temple. You're, you're, you're really taking the time and the energy. And you're not willing for the word of God to be canceled in your life nor in the lives of others. Jesus is, has prepared a place for you. It ha he has. But I'm also here to tell you that we're to, here to provide a place and prepare a place for his habitation. In fact, by doing so, that is revival. That would release him into all of our lives. Jesus clears. He gets into the temple, man. Again, this is to celebrate his, his coming. <laughs> I mean, this is all for him. And he gets into the temple, and he sees all the other things that are going on in the temple. And he doesn't see the word of God being preached. He doesn't see worship occurring. He doesn't see any of these kinds of things. Again, he's at the party, and it's as if nobody even cared. Business as usual. But he clears the temple. He drives them out with whips, man. My temple, he said, will be a house of prayer. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. And the moment he said that, the scripture says that the priest began to plot his death. Instead of being the ones who are the host of the party, they are planning his death. The temple made for him was used as a place to challenge him rather than to celebrate him. Priests used their influence to bring honor to themselves rather than Jesus. 
Oh, don't listen to him. Cancel him. Cancel everything he has to say. What he has to say is nothing. He is preaching to you from doctrines of demons. He's crazy. He's out of his mind. They use all these things to describe Jesus, to cancel him. Well, I got news for you. You're not crazy for speaking the word of God. You're not crazy for speaking the truth that can set people free. That's not crazy. What's crazy is, is what these priests were doing. That is insane. They were going out of their way to continue to say everything that they could to to eliminate the power of the word that was coming from his mouth. The world's still struggling with this. The church, many days, we, we struggle with this. It's like, well, you know, HR and, oh, man, you know, and if I put that thing out on Facebook, and then I'm going to get all these, you know, negative comments and everything else and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but everybody can say everything else. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, that's so great. Oh, oh, that's so amazing. Oh, that's so awesome, this event you went to, this thing that was so fun. Oh, the vacation. Oh, you'll get a 1,000 likes just on a vacation photo. Oh, wasn't it so wonderful? You say anything about the Word of God, it's like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> hey, let's, let's calm down here. Let's calm down. Let's, let's change the tone here. You know, I don't feel comfortable with that. But yet we've become comfortable with that, with what they do. And listen, there's nothing wrong with celebrating somebody's family event and their vacation. Man, I love vacation. You guys like vacation? I, I'm a vacation guy, praise the Lord. But it does disturb me sometimes that when I can talk about the Word of God or post a scripture or do different things on my Facebook page, I might get half a dozen likes, six likes, 12 likes. I go and have fun with my wife, and oh my God, it's the best thing ever. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't... Uh, I, I want to be a vessel who's preparing himself for, for, for the return of Christ... To me, <laughs> like, like me first, because if you or me don't have revival inside of us, then how could we, that's where it's going to start. Sometimes we think of revival as, as, as the worship, and it's this and that, and you know, it's a great service, and it's awesome, and it's incredible, and all that, and, and listen, that's all part of it, but if the revival hasn't occurred in me, That's where it's going to start. That's the purpose of revival. It's to bring you right back to the center of God's will. I mean everything cured, everything handled, everything restored. I mean everything just done the way God wants it to be done. That's where we get to celebrate revival. Well, guess what? (laughs) you got to change the way you think, man. You're not canceled. Don't let anybody cancel you. Who cares what they say about what you have to say? 
I don't care. Like, some people are just, like, so afraid. Oh, well, they're going to do this. They're going to say that. Or, you know, they're going to drag some skeleton in my closet out. Whoop-de-doo-da-day. I don't care. I don't want to participate in that way of thinking. I'd rather have the crucial conversation with you about what's happened inside of me and not be ashamed of that and have a place to say, you know what? You can come into my presence because in my presence is the presence of God and where the spirit of the Lord is there's liberty, there's freedom the anointing of God is there but listen, at the same time for me to run out and chase all you oh boy I can't there's only so much chasing I can do man that's it like okay I, like how do we just do this better you know like, like, like what are you running from what's making you feel uncomfortable Just get rid of it. Get over it. Imagine how the Pharisees and the Sadducees felt. They felt uncomfortable. Oh, this is going to cost me everything. I might not be qualified to be a priest around here. I might be exposed for what I was saying and what I was doing. And I think that's part of what's going on. I might be thought of as a hypocrite if I get over that. Just rip that Band-Aid right off. Let them say what they're going to say. Just let them, let them go through whatever they're going to go through. Let them be fully expressive of that and invite them into a conversation. I don't know. Man, I wish I could have just done the palm leaf thing and had the little kids come out. Hmm. And you think, man, that was enough. Like the party got wrecked, right? Well, here comes the next one, betrayed by Judas, your best friend. Man, you're coming right to the end here, man. You you spent time with that person. You loved that person. You you discipled that person. Well, you know what? For 30 pieces of silver, I'll tell you what, I'll just turn them right over to you. Whoa, man. How'd you get there? How how are you in, in church? And speaking against your pastor, you know, like, where's that going to lead? Like, how is that going to help you? Where's revival in that? Like, like you're willing to talk to someone else about that, but you're not willing to talk to her. Well, come talk to me. Let's get it settled. We, we can't get through to, to revival with people backfighting and, and, and just everything else. We just got to let all that stuff go. And you can. And that's part of the process of building a temple, right? We don't want to put a piece of a, a hewn stone in there. It's got a big crack in it, right, down here on the, the lower level. Man, everything you're going to build on that is just going to become weak now. I can remember a time, and I won't mention who it is, but I can remember a time that, that someone asked me for prayer, and I looked at that person, and he thanks me to this day. But I looked at that person and I said, well, you've got the back door of, to open to the devil in your life. How, how is my prayer going to help you? He said, what are you talking about? I said, you're sleeping with a woman that you, you're not married to. And you are asking God to do something for your life. And that guy just got married the next week. I mean, it was just, you, you see what I mean? 
It's like don't worry about the skeleton in your closet. Just proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let someone speak into your life. Let someone minister to you. If you think you can do it on your own, you are mistaken. I'm telling you, you will never experience revival on your own. Well, I have Jesus. I have Jesus. Well, Jesus has structure. Jesus said that you must congregate together. You must do that. That's got to become your number one priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. Second priority is to know you're righteous enough to do it. So get over yourself. Get over all the inadequacies that you have. And then everything's going to be added to you. You can take that to the bank. You can take that anywhere you want. Man. Knowing that Judas was going to betray him, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. The guy's sitting right here. He's sitting right here. Oh, no, no, no. You you don't need to do mine. No, 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 no. I need to wash your feet. I need to get this settled. I need to be a servant to you. I need you to understand that even as far as you've gone, listen to me out here. As far as you've gone to... Not build the temple that you're supposed to be built. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Jesus is right there, and he's just like, hey, just give me your foot. I don't think so, man. I don't know. You don't know what I've been doing, what I've been thinking, how things have been working in my life. You don't understand. Give me your foot. He's ready to serve you. I'm telling you, he is ready to serve you. Jesus was turned over right after that, that great lunch that they had, the Last Supper, man. It was awesome, man. Jesus was turned over to Pilate by the priests. Jesus was denied by Peter and ultimately denied by all the other disciples who weren't there when she delivers the message next week about what happens next. You think, man, why did Jesus Go through all that. He went through it so that he could overcome it because he knew that you could not overcome it on your own. And some people will take that as, oh, that's the grace of God. I don't have to do anything. You're mistaken again because guess what? He came in both truth and grace. It, 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 it's, It went from thou shalt not in the old to thou shalt in the new. But it didn't negate the old. It was just incomplete. That's all that it was. Jesus married these two things together. Now it's thou thou shalt not and thou shalt. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, love your neighbor as you love your, oh, that's right, you got to love yourself too. Oh, that's right. You can't love anyone if you don't learn to love yourself. Not the self that's just out there doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Listen, but you love the you that was born in Christ before the foundations of the world. He knew you then, before the sins, before the difficulty, before all the problems. He knew you. Love that part of yourself. Jesus was denied by Peter. Jesus was bound by priests, teachers, and elders of the law. Could you imagine, Elder Mike, 
you come in here and you're a man of God, by the way, travels the world, ministers to people, opportunity to give in your tithes and offerings to their ministry and so on and so forth. But could you imagine if you came into this church, the place you call your church, and Pastor Barb and I and some of the elders walked up and put you in handcuffs and drug you away? That's what happened, though. That happened that way. The people he should have trusted the most turned on him and were more concerned about themselves than the whole world that needed Jesus. I can't imagine being bound by those who I trust the most. Jesus was falsely accused by the keepers of the law to, to, and turned him over to, to Pilate. And, and, and Pilate said, well, don't you have anything to say for yourself? Nope. I don't have anything to say. He took the punishment of, the, of a murderer, Barabbas. Sometimes we look at the sins of others and we think, well, now that's a bad person. Jesus didn't look at it that way. He gladly took the place of a murderer. I can't think of a lot of other things that would be worse than that. If I know someone's a murderer, I'm probably, as a Paul-thinking person, I'm just going to avoid that. You know, like we probably don't need to get close right now, right? <laughs> so He was mocked by the king as the king of the Jews, stripped of his clothing, they stripped his clothing off so that they could mock him in a purple robe and put a crown of thorns on his head to mock him. It said in the scripture that they fell on their knees mocking in worship of him, mocked him for rebuilding, saying he could rebuild the temple in three days. He was beaten, he was spit on, he was stripped again of his robe, and put on his other clothes. Taken to be crucified and offered him alcohol drugged with myrrh to relieve his pain, and he refused it. He was mocked for saving others, but could not save himself, they said. Look at you, hanging on the cross. Even those who were being crucified mocked, uh, mocked him, those to his left and his right. And isn't it amazing how he looked back at them later and said, guess what? Surely today you will be with me in paradise. After six hours of hanging on the cross, he cries out to God asking why God had abandoned him. Maybe that's where you're at today. You're like, well, you know, how could all these bad things happen? Where's God in my life? And I have good news for you there, too, that... Uh, Jesus died alone, was abandoned by God for that moment because he knew that you'd not be able to overcome that by yourself. You're not abandoned. As he breathes his last breath, he cries out, it is finished. The curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two places. This released the Holy of Holies right into mankind. Of course, you see that in Pentecost, when their Holy Spirit came down and entered them, re-entered them, I should say. And here we are today, 
with the Spirit of God alive in us as a result of that work. As he breathed his last breath, he cried out, the curtain, uh, it is finished, amen? I did this for you. Joseph of Amarathera was given the body of Jesus by Pilate. He was laid in a tomb. The tomb was actually uh, uh, sealed by Roman soldiers, and it, it, was, it was guarded by Roman soldiers as well. And I'm not going to give the, 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 the thing that happens next. That's for next Sunday. But I want you to understand that in this world, you're going to experience tribulation. You're going to experience trouble. Don't make that about your canceling, your, what you have to say. The worst thing you could do is hold back in this day and hour. The best thing you could do is share the good news of the gospel freely with love and not condemning people, the murderers or the people that do the bad stuff. Listen, anybody who says that they are without sin is of the, yeah, Satan himself. So so just kind of check yourself before you wreck yourself. Don't become a Pharisee or a Sadducee, right? Yeah, it's... It's easy to do. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. Indifference is a big deal. But man, oh man, Jesus took on indifference, didn't he? He took it with the tax collectors. He took it with the woman that was, I mean, she was engaged in promiscuity and drug out into the city to be stoned. Stop, everybody. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to be canceled right now. This woman right here is no different than you are. And if you think so, just go ahead and throw the first stone. And everybody walked away. Again, imagine Jesus not speaking for the fear of losing his life. Now, some of you all just afraid to speak just because you're afraid you have less friends on Facebook. Praise the Lord. Did I say that? No, I Okay. Closing scripture. <laughs> okay, this morning. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with my people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke their covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them. Hmm. You're the temple. He's setting this up. This is way before Jesus. And I will write them on their, oh, their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people and they will not need to teach their neighbors nor will they need to teach their relatives saying you should know the Lord for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already says the Lord and I will forgive their wickedness I will never again remember their sins There's the gospel right there. Lean into that. Just 
lean heavily into that. And I know you're talking to people with circumstances and situations and mistakes and a million other things, and I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. It's just the excuses and the whatevers. Be aware, number one, of the world's voice. Number two, make sure that your voice is equal to theirs because it says from the least to the greatest. You have the word of God in your mouth and it needs to be spoken. It's time to prepare your temple for the coming of Christ into your life. You think I've already received Christ. I'm talking about new dispensations. It wasn't about the parting of the sea. It wasn't about the healing of the eyes. It, it was about a progression like this. And there's so much more that God wants to do. And if we're not careful, we'll get so preoccupied with protecting the old that we'll not walk into the newness, the covenant that he has created, right? That says, okay, I, I don't agree with the things that I did or I don't agree with the things that they did, but praise the Lord, I do agree more with the new covenant, the better covenant where I am forgiven of my sins. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a brand new creation in him. And behold, today is my day of salvation. You know, I believe myself that yesterday is gone. Today's my day. I've got to say, well, am I still going to serve the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. It's not about how great he was. It's about how great he is. And bringing that right into the center of your life. In the Old Testament, it was forgiveness of blood by animals. In the new, it's the blood of Jesus. The old, the blood of Abraham's son who was spared. And now we have Jesus' blood. Thou shalt not turned into thou shalt. Thou uh, self-righteousness of the old, the new righteousness of Jesus Christ. Old covenants of the law, new covenants of grace. Old God with man. God was with man in the old. And God is in man in the new. Relationship through a priest in the old. A new relationship with God through Jesus in the new. Well, you've already had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Congratulations. Take that. Run with that. Start building your temple today. Start preparing the way for the Lord into your own heart. And so that he can cause you to think and feel and do things that are beyond what you can currently think of yourself. He is a wonderful God. Yes, he is coming again for all of us, but he's also coming today. And he wants to live and abide in you. God bless you during Holy Week. Continue to take your communion. Uh, Pastor Barb will have some other announcements here for you as well. But now's the time to prepare the way for the Lord in your life and the lives of others. Amen.